This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us, uh, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content of the site. So unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for access to their sites, we give it away. Plus, you get to tell us what's important. So uh, whatever is in the news, maybe something fun, uh, YouTube video, blog post, news item, whatever it is you want to submit to the site, you submit uh, submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com. It then appears in the upcoming stories page where it uh, must receive a certain number of uh, votes in order to be promoted to the front page of the site. And if it's on the front page, it means more people see it, including the host of the show, and more likely to talk about it. So go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian here. I'm Johnny Ray. And my Mark. All right. So once again, 855-450-FREE allows you to bring up anything that you want. Now, uh, kind of uh, some news uh, from, the, I guess, the D.C. scene is Ron Paul tonight on Jay Leno. Apparently, some kind of big announcement will be made. And uh, Ron Paul's been on the Jay Leno show a couple of times thus far, at least that I know of, during his presidential campaign. And they've been very good This campaign, and then he was on once the last one in 2008 At least once in 2008, yeah. I think this showing can only mean one thing. There's only one thing I can think of, and that is a declaration of... A third party running by Ron Paul. How could that be? The third parties have locked down their presidential candidates at this point, and he didn't do it in 2008. So what would make you think that, Johnny Ray? Because um, I can't think of anything else that it would be that 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 what that he would want to go on Jay Leno and have a giant audience for. Hmm. Well, that, I think that that's what we're supposed to want to think. Um, I think more likely it's going to be something like the campaign for liberty is kicking off its big audit the Fed push or something like that. Which I think there's something going on about that because I got a, a phone call which was from the campaign for liberty today. Uh, I got it. It was like a weird call. It was actually a real live person who was making the call. But then they played a message from Ron Paul. Yes. So it wasn't really a robocall and that there was actually a human being on the other it's end. It's a person asking if you'd like to listen to a robocall. Right. <laughs> Is that what it was? Somebody called you up, you said hello, and he was like, stand by. Well, no, he said, I'm so-and-so from the Campaign for Liberty and have a message from Ron Paul. Would you, know, do you, would you like to listen or something like that? So I, I listened to some of it, and he was pitching something the Campaign for Liberty was doing. It was probably what you're talking about there. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like uh, you make a good point, Johnny Ray, in that – He's going to have a huge audience, so it better be a big announcement. And it's not like they're going to – it seems unlikely that he would get on there to say something about what the Campaign for Liberty is doing. But maybe he would. I don't know. Doesn't they, they have to vet the message with Jay Leno? Would Jay Leno want his guest coming on and – Talking about the Campaign for Liberty? Yeah. I, I can't imagine he would. That doesn't seem like a big announcement. doesn't seem like something you'd want to save for that audience. Uh, it seems unlikely he's going to be running as a presidential candidate for any other third party because, again, they've all had their conventions. Yeah, tell me more nominated. about that. That's... They, well, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know anything about the other third parties. I only pay atten- any attention to the Libertarian Party, and I barely pay attention to them. Uh, but that's just because I used to be involved in it. But the Libertarian Party had How their convention. He, they selected Gary Johnson. If he created his own uh, political party for this run, and that's certainly been done in U.S. history, how would you – get on the ballot in all those states. I mean, you just couldn't do it's it. It's impossible. Point. It's too late. Michigan's shut down, as I heard uh, the it's, other night. 
I mean, we're only two months away from the election here. Yeah, it it's can't impossible be. to get on the ballot at any point in any state in any factor. I mean, you can't even get on the ballot as a write-in candidate in a lot of states at this point. I mean, he couldn't. You you can't even write in Ron Paul's name and have it counted. They'll just throw it away in many states. Well, I guess then it's probably not that. I don't know. I mean, well, I, I you know, I I would love it to be that, Johnny Ray. I want so badly for it to be that. I would yeah. register to. I would I would vote for that. I would get back. So in. You're a non-voter. I'm a non-voter. I see. Uh, well, okay. I so, want Ron Paul to pull away the veil, reveal himself as Jesus, and say, "You all <laughs> forsook me." So it could be. It could be. There's okay. So here's how he could do it. Right. He could run for. Uh, he could be like the vice presidential candidate. For the Libertarian Party, Jim Gray, or was it Jim Gray? Or I think it's yeah, I think Gray. it's Jim Gray. Jim Gray, judge James Gray. Gray. How's that? Yeah, uh, James Gray, who's a judge from uh, California, kind of a uh, you know anti-drug war judge yeah. guy. And I don't know how principled he is, but uh, he's the current vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. There's no reason why he couldn't say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and cede my uh, my position on the ticket to Ron Paul. They could make some sort of an agreement like that, even if all the ballots have been printed at this point for the various different states, which that's probably not the case. But even if they had been printed, Ron Paul could still run uh, on that uh, ticket, and then the word would just have to get out that you know if you wanted to vote for Ron Paul, you'd have to vote for the Libertarian candidates. What may be happening, and maybe somebody that knows a little bit more here, uh, and in fact, just the guy I was hoping uh, would call in on this is on the line. Uh, Daryl is going to be joining us from FPP.cc, and he is... Uh, He's really on the ball when it comes to this ballot access stuff. Like he I knows liked the rules. Scott Horton uh, of anti-war uh, radio, for, former anti-war radio fame. Um, he suggested a fusion ticket of Dennis Kucinich and Ron Paul, and I thought that, that was a interesting, exciting thing that might get. Uh, it would get. Who would that? Under what party would that? I I, I don't know. Go, I wouldn't claim to know, but it would be interesting. I don't. I doubt that libertarians would want to, uh, you know, have Dennis Kucinich on their ballot. Uh, seems very unlikely they would go for that. Uh, agreed. But it's an interesting uh, pitch. Daryl's with us. Uh, Daryl Perry, I presume, calling from our very own Keene, New Hampshire, listening to Liberty 94.3. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, wanted to talk about the ballot access and yeah. how many states, if someone declared that they're running right now, uh, there is a very slim potential that someone could get on the ballot in six states. So that's okay. it. And those ballot access deadlines are September 6th and 7th. Wow. And it would require 46,647 valid signatures with uh, the vast majority of those 31,111 being required in Arizona. I'd say that it's just about no chance. Well, what do you think? It's near impossible. What do you think, uh, Daryl, about the idea of him sort of subsuming a, uh, a currently existing candidate's position? Say uh, the Libertarian Party VP candidate was willing to step away and let Ron Paul uh, in that slot. Would that be something he could do? Would it be too late to get the name on the ballot? Uh, it would probably be too late in the vast majority of states. And a lot of the states where petitioning has already concluded there is no substitution really that whoever was petitioned for that person is the person on the ballot Mm. and just because it's not uh, that's how george philly's wound up on the ballot in new hampshire in 2008 
is because New Hampshire does not allow substitution, and he was the stand-in petition candidate. Got it. Now, just because he can't be the president or the vice president because these are in, that doesn't mean that he couldn't have a powerful position. If, for instance, he said, I'm with Gary Johnson and Gary Johnson has said that I will be the secretary of the Treasury, Mm -hmm. which would be an incredibly powerful position to have Ron Paul in or that he'll name me the the chairman of the Federal Reserve um, or, you know, one of these situations, then you could very well get the Ron Paul campaign, um, you know, and I'm going to have Tom Woods as my Secretary of Defense. I mean, if, if they put right. this... That, that's much more plausible than, I'm running for president and I can possibly get on the ballot in five states. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, obviously we're just completely throwing speculation out into the wind here. Uh, what do you think Ron Paul's big announcement is going to be tonight? I don't know what just happened to your cell phone, but it totally uh, died out on us. But thank you for the call, Daryl. Appreciate hearing from you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's he's pretty gonna obvious do. The Bilderbergers just got him. I'm gonna say he's gonna do what uh, he did in 2008. He's his big announcement is going to be that uh, he's endorsing somebody for president. He's probably, you know, maybe more likely to endorse the Constitution Party candidate than he would be Gary Johnson. But I don't know. Really, I don't know. Maybe he would go for Gary Johnson this time around. Gary last Johnson? time, I only say that based on the fact that last time he endorsed the Constitution Party guy. The last time it was it was Bob Barr for the Libertarian Libertarians. Yeah. I mean, so we'll see. I guess we'll uh, let you know. Eight five five four fifty three. You're shocked. welcome to predict or bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. You can go there and enjoy stuff like our live streams where we've got broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show. They run around the clock, so at any time you may tune in and listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live available to you at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can always access them via your mobile phone by going to m.freetalklive.com. But also at listen.freetalklive.com, you'll learn about the other methods uh, to which you uh, can listen to the program, including our over 110 great radio stations across the country that air us on AM and FM throughout the week. The uh, satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio, where you can also hear us every single day. Uh, We've also got our KU Band satellite option for you, which is free to air. There's the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. So plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live in your ears. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by LegalZoom. You can uh, it's legalzoom.com. You can join more than a million people who've trusted legalzoom.com for their common legal documents. Whether you want to, you know, register a trademark or get a living will or a living trust or 
a trust or a living will, whatever it is that you want to get, whatever common legal document that you need, LegalZoom.com makes it fast and easy for you. I went, I made a will over there, and if you've got a family, you need to do the same thing because you're leaving them uh, in the hands of the state, and it could take years to uh, to probate out your will. Uh, and the government's just, you know, they'll take their own sweet time. LegalZoom.com, they protect, help you protect your family. Use coupon code FTL at LegalZoom.com to save $10 on your order. It's LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. So I asked the question uh, on the uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, about uh, what is Ron Paul going to announce on The Tonight Show this evening? Because there's supposedly a big announcement uh, coming this evening from Ron Paul when he appears with Jay Leno. And, of course, he's been on Jay Leno before a couple times. It's a big appearance for Ron Paul. The crowd goes crazy uh, when he comes in there. I don't know if you all saw it last time, but I think it was the last time anyway it was one of the last two times joe rogan was the second guest yeah uh jay leno of course you know he opens up with his monologue and that's a segment and then you know next segment brings in his his first guest and ron paul was on for three whole segments and then joe rogan came on to be on the final segment of the show and joe rogan walks out with a ron paul t-shirt on (laughs) or sweater uh on and he actually had like ron paul on the sleeves and everything like he had he was totally ron pauled out i only know joe rogan from uh the television show news radio but he's i consider him a genius for for that everybody on that show was great i don't know much about his comedy but i've seen a little bit of him online and i like what he has to say about psychedelic drugs and things like that so Uh he's he's an interesting character uh, and so there he was sitting on stage with Ron Paul, and of course that was a big deal for him. And so it was really cool just to have like that whole show basically dedicated to uh, to Ron Paul. And of course, you know Ron's still sitting out there because they always have the original guest sit out for the the second guest. And yeah, there was some interaction between them. So Jay Leno's always been very friendly towards Ron Paul. The questions have been good questions, I think, challenging questions. Uh, but ultimately, you can tell that he's got a lot of respect uh, for him in the way that the the interviews conducted. So I. You know, it's great that he's having him on after the fact. I mean, he's not even a, a political candidate at this point anymore. Yeah, the only people that don't have respect for Ron Paul are political creatures. Yeah, you know, because they, to them, they they're just uh, they're shocked, they're appalled by the very idea that somebody would propose giving power back to the people. So what is the big announcement going to be? According to our Facebook commenters, uh, let's see. Some people say they're not really expecting anything blockbuster. Uh, That's according to Josh. Dalton says, I think it'd be awesome if he did something like a very polite I told you so about working in politics. Daryl says, I'd like to see Ron Paul. This is Daryl who lost his phone connection. So what his answer was, he'd like to see Ron Paul say he's an anarchist or is moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. (laughs) I considered that too, yeah. That would be huge, but I highly, highly doubt that's likely. I mean, anarchists are people that throw Molotov cocktails and wear black. Yeah, I don't much care for that term myself. I doubt Ron Paul would uh, would embrace it. He either. has used the term during the campaign. He said that there are anarchists that support him, and I'm sure that's a true statement. I believe that's true as well. But I don't think Ron Paul would call himself an anarchist. Uh, he certainly has said that he likes volun- uh, voluntarism. If I if I'm recalling, maybe yeah. he said voluntarism. But either way, he likes that. Um, so that would be cool, uh, but it certainly seems kind of pie in the sky to think that Ron if he, Paul's going to— If he moved to New Hampshire, he could run for any office he wanted and, and have it. He could have yep. the governorship. Not that the governorship is worth anything in New Hampshire. It's a it's the weakest governorship in uh, well, the nation. Well, I don't know. I mean, the governor has managed to veto a variety of great legislation. Yeah, it's so the I power of the governor is to veto some great legislation. And, a pr- no and appoint judges. 
and, and appoint some judges. It's fact, just not a. It's the weakest. Okay. Of okay, look, man. There's 49 gotcha. other governors that got more power than the one in New Hampshire. Ian seems pretty powerful from where I'm sitting. Yeah, it's it's a you know it's the most powerful yeah. position of any elected official in the state, no but, doubt. But you're right about what you're saying about Ron Paul would be able to easily win here in New Hampshire. I mean, it'd, it'd be he'd be a shoe in. Yep. But it seems pretty fanciful to believe that he's going to move to New Hampshire. What is he, nearly 80 years old at this point? He's pushing it. He'd certainly, he's less than that, but he'd, he'd be he 80 by the time he was done in four years. Well, he's a pretty old guy, and he's in great shape for being an old guy. So I imagine he could handle it. He could probably hack being up in the cold and all that up here. Yeah, plus he's uh, committed to the ideas of liberty. He and is. The, the, uh, and New Hampshire is is the, the most credible. The Free State Project is the most credible fight for liberty that i know of in the whole world and he has endorsed moving to new hampshire as part of the free state project uh, you know he certainly supports the free state project he's spoken at the free state project's liberty forum i believe back in 2007 or 8 uh back then during his uh, original campaign or his previous campaign so he certainly is a supporter but one of the reasons why some people don't join the free state project right away is because of their family and oh, sure. Ron Paul's got a big, big family. Yep. And I don't know how many of them are down in Texas, but I imagine a, a fair amount of them are you know, relatively close by. Uh-huh. And so that's, a, that's probably one of the big reasons why Ron Paul, I would say, is not going to be moving to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. He's old. He's settled in. He, you know, he's been living in Texas for a long time. As awesome as it would be, I, d- I doubt that that's uh, that's going to be what happens. It seems most likely that he's going to endorse Gary Johnson to me, or that he's going to take uh, one of one of our uh, uh, you know t- tweeters or whatever said that uh, you know maybe he'll he'll go for the shoe in thing like I suggested earlier, claiming a cabinet post in the in the Johnson um, you know White House, and the, that would very likely get a lot of his uh, supporters very excited and they would work just as hard for to get the libertarian elected. John T. Kennedy says, I agree with Ian. It'll be an endorsement, but he will endorse Gary Johnson. He's already said Johnson is doing a wonderful job or something to that effect. Uh, Jason says, I would say it's not going to be as big as most everyone is making it out to be. Maybe he is announcing his endorsement of my presidential run in 2016. <laughs> Who's that Vermin Supreme? Uh, no, that would be awesome if, uh, if Ron he Paul actually came did out in support of Vermin Supreme. Endorse Vermin Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I would be uh, amused thoroughly if that happened. I sincerely hope Ron Paul does not take his uh, the, the the will of his uh, constituents uh, so lightly. Well, I don't know. I I mean, I. I would have voted for Vermin Supreme if in the primary had I not voted for Ron Paul in the Democratic primary. I hear you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here tonight. And still to come, we've got uh, news, all kinds of stuff on the way, including some international news. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. I'm the wise janitor. <laughs> and Mark. It's Johnny Ray. It's Johnny Ray, our, uh, our janitor here, who actually is not our janitor uh, of the studios, but uh, maybe someday. Let's put him to work. Maybe someday. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Currently, that task is my responsibility. Uh, and Derek J. So you don't do it very graciously. You're always complaining about the things you have to clean up. I don't think that's true. Yeah, to me you are. Well, anyway, we're here talking uh, talking to you about whatever you want at eight five five four fifty free. You can also join us over at freetalklive.com. We've got news updates. Get signed up for our emailed updates at news.freetalklive.com. And you can follow us via email. We've got Twitter as well as Facebook. And Twitter and Facebook are the best way to kind of keep up to date during the show. So like the emails, you're only going to get the most important news about the show. Twitter and Facebook, you'll get stuff that's not the most important and the most important stuff as well. You'll get questions during the program. You'll get observations. You'll get, uh, you know, sometimes we'll post some show prep there. So go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's news.freetalklive.com. The last uh, thing that I had asked on Facebook was, uh, what is Ron Paul going to announce on The Tonight Show this evening that everybody is all in a, in a buzz about? And uh, Sam Ludlam says he's going to reveal that his balls are, in fact, brass and huge. So I guess we'll find out in due time. I got a dollar says he doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's probably easier to figure out what it will be that he's not going to do. And I don't think he's going to announce a move to New Hampshire. And Mark, you brought up a good reason during the break as to why that is. Well, he's got to have its term. I mean, they have to be in the state a certain amount of time to run. Right. Like he could totally move to New Hampshire just because. Uh, but in order to run for political office here, he would have had to have lived here for a certain period of time. And, uh, you know, for even for state rep, it's two years. For Senate, it's state Senate, it's seven and Ron I don't Paul know what has, governor is. Has given and given and given to the liberty movement. Yeah. And the last thing I would ask of that guy is that he pick up and move to the state of New Hampshire for the, to give that much more to the the ideas of liberty. I mean, you know, I, what I want for him is I want him to spend time with his uh, grandchildren and to enjoy the last few years of his life. But the best place to raise kids, uh, one of the best places, is New Hampshire. Yeah, I think they're all in their twenties. Yeah, but his grandchildren are all in their twenties. I believe so. Well, they're going to have kids soon. So we have great, great grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it true, though? I mean, he's lived in the New same Hampshire? place. He likes his place, man. Isn't New Hampshire one of the best places to raise New children? New Hampshire is number one on just about every, you know, in the top five and just about every list of best things about a state out right. there. So the whole, you know, my family is here somewhere else excuse is really, you know, hey, if you want to raise a family, we're better to do it than New Hampshire. Yeah. So that's not valid for him. I don't think it's very likely because he's established where he is and uh, it's just, you know. Not very likely, but I would love to see that happen. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Seth listening in Fayetteville. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Johnny, Ray, and Mark. What's going on? We're doing talk radio show. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? <laughs> Seth, you're in Fayetteville, uh, North Carolina? Arkansas. Of course. And no, I've seen your post uh, where, you are, uh, where you are talking about uh, what will happen on the Leno show tonight. And I really don't think it'll be that big a deal. Um, I know Leno likes Paul, but I was thinking if he was to give an endorsement on Leno's show, Leno would be real hard on him. I would think he would be because it seems like he would fit into the establishment line of jumping on the Romney train. Well, what if he doesn't give an endorsement to Romney? That'd be bigger news, wouldn't it? That's 
yeah, that's what I was saying. That you know, I know Paul wouldn't do that. You know, I'm saying that Leno would give Paul a hard time oh, if I he see. endorsed anyone other than. Yeah, yeah, I, I was the guy who said it, he must be announcing a bid for the presidency, and I'm a little embarrassed about that because I kind of got schooled on that idea. <laughs> um, it would be nice. I mean, these are all things that would be wonderful. Ron Paul moving to New Hampshire, announcing his own presidential candidacy, creating a new political party or whatever, but it, they're all very unlikely, it so seems. You, is, is, has Leno, I, I, don't, I don't get a chance to watch The Tonight Show very often. Um, has Leno expressed support for uh, Romney at this point? Not that I know of. I can't imagine he would what if, do that. What if he's upset? I mean, well, Leno is basically an out Republican. Is he? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so you know, I wouldn't be surp- I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he did support Romney in, in mm. one way or another. But you know, maybe he's upset in the same way so many Americans are at this point. You know, Clint Eastwood basically said that he was a Ron Paul supporter previously, I believe, and then came out in support of uh, Romney at the convention because, did well, he? you know. The supposed libertarian Clint Eastwood? Well, I think he probably is a libertarian. Just because he's supporting a particular candidate doesn't make it mean he's not a libertarian. No, I, I think, think you it can, does mean you're not yeah, a libertarian. I think you can think you're a libertarian, but you can't be one and endorse Mitt Romney. Yeah, I okay, agree well, with you, I guess Johnny. you guys are ready to pull his card. I'm not quite ready to pull his card. But um, hey, I, I want to fight him over question. it. I want to fist fight Clint Eastwood. <laughs> God. <laughs> I have a question to ask. Yes, and sir. tell me, like, you know, philosophically and being realistic in this election with everything that's happening, am I wrong for saying that, you know, just looking at it, knowing that Romney or Obama's going to win, that I would rather Romney win because to see the anti-war left get rowdy and vocal again, and to see the right or the conservatives hold Romney's feet to the fire on regulatory and tax issues. Don't you think the American people would be more vocal if Romney was president and not feel as hopeless? I think on the former, you're right that if it were Romney, you'd see the anti-war left come back around into uh, into action. But I don't think you'd see the conservatives hold his feet to the fire on anything. They're, they're They'd very, carry water for him. Very right. bad at that. I'm, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with any particular person one votes for. You know, it's it's always a lesser of two evils situation or three or four or five evils, whatever the situation may be. It's a lesser of evils. And people make their decisions for whom they vote for a variety of reasons. The fact is that you're vote mostly doesn't count anyway um, i mean you're, yeah. you're probably not going to be that one vote that's going to put romney over the top in uh, arkansas and you don't get the vote oh, on i it. would never i would never i couldn't consciously do it oh, no. oh. <laughs> from a from a perspective of looking at the whole thing you I know? yeah you're just gonna wish yeah um there's <laughs> yeah. there's there's not a dime's worth of difference between Mitt Romney and Barack so. Obama. It's no, I agree with that, but I think that uh, Seth's onto something in that what people will do in response to whoever American is elected people. does yeah. is different. Yeah, and I agree that it would be I, nice to have anti-war people uh, back out and doing anti-war things, but you know, then again, they don't really have principles clearly, so all the, <laughs> it's just. You can't count on them to be consistently anti-war. They're only anti-war because they're anti-whatever president is a Republican. It's a shame. Yeah, Seth, you, anything else no, you want to share? I try to, well, you know, what I do is, is being from the South and knowing family members and everything, very conservative, very Republican-oriented, I try to point out to them in the most polite way possible 
that they're voting, they're going to vote for a socialist. So when you go to the polls and you go to vote for Romney for whatever reason it is, just know you're voting for the man that wrote Obamacare. Know that you're voting for Obama, that there's no difference. You know, you may think, but just try to get it into your mind that these people are, you know, that it is the same. And I try to express, and I don't, golly, you know, having listened to Stefan Molyneux for the past two years, trying to explain the initiation of force to people is so hard, you know. Seth, I hear you, man. That's why I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, so we could get together with other like-minded folks and and make things happen. I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, Again, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the reason why the three of us are together in the studio tonight uh, is because of the Free State Project bringing us together and bringing over 1,000 people now here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 12,500, last time I checked, were signed up to make the move. Um, and more are going to come, especially as the Ron Paul people start to get burned out on the, the whole idea of politics and looking at the national elections as the abject failure that they always are. They'll ask themselves what to do now, and hopefully people will be around them to tell them about the Free State Project, as we are telling you at freestateproject.org. 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, uh, toll-free line here. Coleman for Liberty says on Twitter that uh, this, why do people think there's an announcement he says it's a rumor. There may not even be an announcement tonight, according mm. to him. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you? Do you want to advance capitalism, peace, and freedom, but aren't sure how? I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host Happy Hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. You can take control of these airwaves. That is the point of the program. It's what we do every single night of the week. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find a variety of different uh, online sources for various products. But the major one is Amazon. You can click into Amazon. For the UK, for Canada, for the US, you click into the right Amazon for you and then just get your shopping done and Free Talk Live will get a cut of the purchase price. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. It's the same Amazon experience you're used to. You just are entering through our portal and so therefore Free Talk Live will get a portion of the uh, the purchase price. So once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com. Uh, so I said we had some international news, and it's pretty disturbing. It's actually about an elections, uh, some elections that are going on down in South America, specifically in uh, Brazil. What is it, uh, Johnny Ray, that is occurring down there? Because it's pretty scary. Brazil, 22 murders connected to local elections. Associated Press, Rio de Janeiro. There have been 22 murders connected to upcoming municipal campaigns for mayor or city council Jeez. in Brazil during the past 60 days. There's some towns you can't even get people to vote in in the United States. They're killing people over uh, municipal elections in Brazil. Yeah. Leading 410 towns to ask for help from elite 
federal police, according to a, a report from O Globo newspaper on Monday. How many towns asked for the help? 410 towns asked for help. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, the numbers leading up to the October elections are worrisome, but not unusual, said Gilson Konzati. <laughs> ah, it's the usual election season killings. <laughs> the oh president boy. of a national group representing city council members. Konzati says local elections can threaten entrenched power structures that respond violently. No, so are the entrenched power structures politicians or are they something else i think they're power structures and they're part political and part bootleggers and criminals yeah who knows i mean the politician may just be the front man for those uh, those organizations yeah sounds right local elections mess with local power structures and soon you have neighbor fighting with neighbor shootings aggression of all sorts he said often the politicians themselves are unprepared to resolve differences at the ballot box kanzati said if they really prized democracy and the respect for rights, they'd fight in the way they should fight, with ideas, projects, attitudes, he said. But unfortunately, elections in Brazil are not always like this. Projects, other people's money. They should, they should fight with uh, who can give away the most stuff. Well, the thing that, you know, obviously it's horrible that people are being murdered, but I think that what's interesting about this is that it really shows politics for what it is, right? I mean, they want you to only talk about ideas and all the, you know all those things he's pointing out, programs, etc., because they want to shield people from the violence that is inherent in the system. They don't want uh, the average person to realize that this government, you know, that we, as we know it today, this monopoly on violence, is at its core force being used on, um, for the most part, peaceful people. And the fact that there's murder happening in tandem with these uh, elections really just goes to show how powerful these people are and how important these positions of power are to them. And that, uh, yeah, there's violence that's inherent absolutely in what's going on. That's what um, what stood out in the story to me, that what you just said, no, no government anywhere, no government as such in the world is founded in the consent of the governed. And the only way that they can tax and regulate and do what they do is by threatening them with um, with bodily harm or kidnapping. And, Yet they'll claim, right. at least in the Western governments, they'll claim they're founded by consent. Right. I mean, this is, it is ludicrous. I mean, if I don't consent, does that, what does that mean? Uh, is, do I consent because I voted? Mm. Because there are lots of people that don't vote. Probably half the people don't vote in presidential elections and much, much more than that on a state and local level. So are those people then not consenting to be governed and therefore the government doesn't affect them? Because I'm reasonable. I know I've missed me some elections and they went ahead and collected taxes for me anyway. So at what point did, did my when did my consent start? Because I was born here in the United States. No one ever asked me if I consented. Is it staying here? Because I do know for certain if I go to another country that I am explicitly consenting. You sign a piece of paper that says I will follow all your all the laws that mm. are I'm presented to you here in the the country of where the f ever. And uh, you know, like you actually sign a piece of yeah, paper. Yeah, but even that, says that, that is somewhat coerced because of course it is. You have to be in some plot of land in the world, and so therefore you have to sign that statement in order to enter that plot of land, even though you haven't actually read all those laws. But at the uh, very least, possibly they, can consent claim, to them. they can claim that you uh, agreed. I see. Yeah. Here in the United States, I have never said that I was going to follow all their laws. 
I don't know many people who have. I don't know how anybody could. There's more laws than you could read in four lifetimes. Right. Not even the police can know what they are. They don't are. know what they are either. Right. So uh, so what else? Is there anything else relevant to uh, to tell about this story, Johnny Ray? No, there is not. So you've got people that are getting bumped off uh, down and in, murdered. in Brazil. Yeah. And that's it's horrifying. Murdered for the mayoral office or city council. Insanity. But the it difference just shows the power of these offices. Right. And the I difference mean, is in degrees, though. I mean, people can look at that and they'll say, well, it sure is great that we live here in the U.S. where that stuff doesn't happen. Uh, but things that are intimidating do happen to political candidates. So as an example, uh, Julia, who's frequently on the show on Mondays, ran for city council here in Keene, New Hampshire, several years ago. It was one of the first things she did as an I activist remember. here. And uh, she was threatened with felony charges. Uh, because she had said that she was not going to keep the paycheck. If she were elected, she would not keep the paycheck. She would instead take the money that came in and donate it, or rather, you know, gift it, essentially, to some random voter. Not necessarily somebody that voted for her, but just somebody who, you know, confirmed they had voted in the last election. You could, you can get that information from right. the clerk of courts or whatever, or the clerk of uh, the city clerk. And so she would have randomly picked a, a voter off of that list and given that money to that voter for that one paycheck. And then, like, the next paycheck would go to a different random voter that sort of thing she was charged or not charged but she was threatened with being charged with Bribery. a felony uh for essentially running a gambling operation or something like right that. and it was it was crazy i mean you know as that politician you could go in saying i'm going to try very hard to create a community center where i'm going to dump millions of taxpaying dollars other people's money into right. a project to benefit you the person who might vote for me but you can't say i'm going to give my paycheck back to whomever it's just, right. It's nuts. Not, not even somebody who voted for her, so that way it wouldn't be like buying a vote. It would just be, hey, if you voted, period, even if you voted for my competitor. How would you know who voted for you? Well, you wouldn't, right? But uh, the point being that it would be open to anybody who voted. And they threatened her, and they scared her, and uh, there was also other intimidation tactics. Obviously, it went into the newspaper. It was front-page news. She had uh, people coming in to the place in in which she worked, which was a public business. Uh, One of the local government guys who also hosts a television program came to try to talk to her and maybe get her on his show or something like that. But he approached her you know, while she was on the job trying to serve the public. And she was really just made very uncomfortable by that uh, that whole process. And so basically, once they threatened her with that felony charge, pretty much she ended her campaign at that point. Yeah. Like who, really wants was- to be, who wants to be in a situation where they can just threaten you with felonies? But this is what they'll do. I mean, she ended up being on the ballot and getting something like 22 or 23 percent of the uh, the vote. But oh, I don't recall that. That's wonderful. Yeah, she was not uh, not too pleased with the experience, and that's you know just for city council. There have been other people who've had their businesses uh, threatened. You know, people who are established business people who decide to get the gumption up to run for a political office, whether it be a state office or whatever. They'll have their business targeted by uh, by you know liquor enforcement or by whatever you know yep. health inspector, and then all of a sudden all these violations will be uh, present in their business that weren't. Surprise, surprise. Uh, And so, you know, there's all kinds of intimidating tactics that can can be used in politics without actually having to bring out the physical club or, you know, gunshot or knife or whatever it is that these people are being murdered with down in uh, in Brazil. So it is it is absolutely an intimidating process. Right. I mean, you know, obviously it's not as uh, it's not as bad as getting stabbed in the back with a uh, sharp knife. 
But having your business uh, threatened by you know some inspector or another threatens your livelihood and threatens your family. Right. Many people would sacrifice their lives for their family's well-being. So I mean, it's Brad Jardis says he gets death threats. I I I wouldn't be able to I, I you know I wouldn't be able to speak to it, but it's uh, it's frightening. I take his word for it. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. I mean, I, I, I thank goodness I've never had to deal with a death threat here on Free Talk Live for giving my opinion. But right, you know, maybe it's just because it's an opinion, and I'm not proposing to run. You're for not going to try office. to take control of uh, the the auspices of government. So one eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And speaking of running for political office, there's yet another political convention going on uh, pretty much right now uh, as we speak. The Democratic National Convention is happening. And I presume that there's probably not going to be a candidates debate or anything like that, uh, even though there are, I guess, a couple of active candidates who are not Barack Obama. But there's something interesting going on about the security around the uh, convention. It is apparently upsetting free speech advocates. We'll tell you about what they've got going on. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. You take control. Hi, I'm Derek J. To me, an activist's calling is to actively work to advance a cause. The cause for which I work is personal freedom. I believe my life is best when I engage in voluntary interactions and self-government. I reject the idea that anyone else has a higher claim to my life or my body than I do. I see people who call themselves the government as a threat to my personal freedom. I realize you may feel differently, but my relationship with the people who call themselves the government is completely involuntary. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we are launching here into the second hour of this program. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And Mark. 855-450-FREE. Bring up what you want to the phones we go. We'll talk to you about what's going on as far as uh, some security measures at the Democratic National Convention that are upsetting free speech advocates. Uh, we'll explain, but first, Jeremy's on the line in Idaho. You're on Free Talk Live, watching via cam.freetalklive.com. Hey, Jeremy. You are on the air. Jeremy, going once. Jeremy, in Idaho, going twice. I'm here. Oh, I'm here. there Sorry. you are. Go I ahead, actually, sir. I had my phone on mute, so the radio didn't feedback. Ah. Um, I wanted to call in and... Uh, First, I want to talk about what you guys were talking about, uh, just chime in about yesterday's uh, Creative Commons licensing. And I just wanted to say that there's a lot more support um, that I've seen as far as local artists as well as national artists and been formerly big big names um, on major labels. Uh, In 2008, uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails released a uh, four, I I think it was a four, I want to say it was a four CD uh, set of music um, under a Creative Commons license, uh, the first CD of the four sets were was free, and he made a million and a half dollars in one night uh, based on selling 
the uh, physical packages while simultaneously offering the first CD of the four for free. And I think it's a great idea. Um, nice. I don't know if you guys were aware of that, but it's worth I, looking I, I've, up. It's I've heard all kinds of these stories. Motorhead is another one of the, the stories that I guess yep. they did something um, similarly. And as I think people, it was Radiohead. Radiohead? Okay, I'm sorry. It Radiohead. definitely was yeah, Radiohead. Radiohead. I don't know if Motorhead did. I'm either. sorry. Uh, I get that them. same year, actually. I, I'm sorry. You Say that again, Jeremy? Uh, that same year, they released uh, Radiohead released in rainbows for free. Uh, it was it was a pay what you want, but you could opt to pay nothing. I see. But then they also released a uh, physical package as well. And you know, a lot of people, you know, they they they, they buck at the you know they 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 just pull back at the idea that well. You know, we don't have intellectual property. Artists will starve. They'll, no one will make good music anymore, and it's just not true. I think our um, our ideas about property, all kinds of property, real property and intellectual property, have got a lot of evolving to do. And the laws that we have around it are just, just preventing that evolution oh, yeah. from happening. Yeah, they just need to go away entirely. And, of course, that's not going to happen anytime soon because – Washington, D.C. is not about to change the way it does business. They're still getting all kinds of lobbyist money and attention from folks like the RIAA and the MPAA. And those organizations, while they are dinosaurs and they're dying off, they're going slowly. You know, they're not going to go down quickly. It's going to be a lot of thrashing in the tar pits yep. before it's over. Every, it means- everybody's so – so many people are so scared of change. This world could be so much more exciting a place if we didn't have – these doggone laws dragging us down. Absolutely, but you're right. It, it is a human nature to be afraid. At least it seems that way uh, to be afraid of change. It certainly, is that way in the Western culture. Yeah, you know, and I'm not against the malum prohibitum laws. Uh, you know, you're where not? malum pro se laws, where you know there's a victim, but in these cases, malum prohibitum, where prohibitum. there is no victim. Yeah, and in this case, uh, where they're you know, the, for some reason or another, I'm required to pay to protect somebody else's property. That doesn't make any sense either. Jeremy? Yes. So, oh. Other thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I agree. You guys are right on the money, pretty much in the same ballpark as I am. Yes. Um, okay, so we've the, established uh, we all agree. So what else is on your mind tonight? Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, and I know that uh, Mark is uh, uh, – pro-life, anti-abortion. I'm not sure about you, Ian. I am um, pro-choice. I think that uh, you own yourself, and that includes whatever's inside of you. Okay. My uh, my my neighbor Megan, um, she's she I, I love her to death, and she loves the idea of liberty. But the thing she can't get over is um, thing she can't get over is Roe v. Wade um, and states' rights. She doesn't quite understand how uh, states' rights would fit into her life, and she has kind of misconceptions that states' rights. Uh, typically are used to uh, oppress people such as minorities and women, which mm-hmm. I, I'm not entirely sure. I can't. I don't have any numbers or anything to back that up. But I was, I was wondering if maybe you could give me your perspective on uh, the importance of states' rights within the liberty movement and how the the, the movement as a whole, from your from your experience, uh, views the positions of Roe v. Wade. Uh, first off, I do That's not believe that uh, that abortion is a liberty issue. It uh, it comes down okay. to when do you think life begins? And uh, Ian will tell you that he is not entirely sure when life begins, but it isn't at conception when uh, one cell splits into two. Uh, whereas, you know, I say 
I wouldn't be able to tell you when life begins. So as far as I'm concerned, a human life is a human life. They're all, um, you know, some level or another of, uh, you know, you know, if you claim that it's less than human, we're all somehow less than other people that are around us. You know, so I'm, I'm not as smart as the next guy or, um, you know, Ian clearly isn't as good looking as I am. And, you know, all these different, uh, you know, different aspects of us that aren't as good as the, the next guy. So, you know, if somebody's just going to make an arbitrary decision as to when life begins, uh, I, it seems to me it begins in the beginning. But that's just it's, – it's not a liberty issue. It's a decision as to when life begins. Because, Ian, you would agree that, um, you know, that this, this right to your body doesn't extend to killing people, right? That's right. Okay. So um, this, you know, there, there you go. I mean, that's, that is what you tell Megan uh, from the beginning. Now, if you want to talk about states' rights, this is a way that some liberty-oriented individuals want to see more competition in the area of governance. States' rights, uh, you know, would uh, allow for, if you want to use such a term, states don't have rights. If you want to use such a term, uh, it, it would allow for more competition. As right, to- where in this particular arena some states might you might be able to legally get an abortion in that state some states no nope some states you can't buy alcohol on sundays some states yes you know so right, the, yeah. having these things would be a good thing and, and what was the old the old idea jefferson or whatever to have kind of like different test tubes yeah different uh, crucibles of democracy i think yeah is laboratories the term. Of, uh, of democracy so i mean i don't support the idea of uh, states rights either from the perspective that like mark touched on states can't have rights States don't exist. Okay. They're not real human beings. They're just ideas. Uh, they're collections of people coming together ostensibly for a common purpose. Of course, we know that's not even true at all because people don't consent generally to be ruled by them. But uh, the idea that a state could have a right in the same way that uh, an individual can, I think, is is a misnomer. Uh, so. I, I would. I'll just take uh, freedom in any way I can get it, and, and if that freedom comes through some smaller form of government, uh, you know, standing up to some larger form of government, I certainly take that. But I don't know if you've addressed her objection, which is a valid objection. The idea that. Well, you know, if it weren't for the federal government, then, uh, you know, we might still have segregation in Alabama, for instance. It, okay. it was the federal government right, that yeah. sent the troops in there to uh, to desegregate. Well, let's take a look at tax rates. Tax rates are obviously a form of oppression. They're generally a much more egalitarian form of oppression, or they oppress rich people, which everybody's fine with oppressing. Um you know the that many of these states, besides you know many of these states out there have um, you know different tax rates. Obviously, they all have different tax rates. So some have larger oppression and um, you know on other people than um, you know than others. So I'm not well, sure that even even certain cities within states have uh, or counties such as uh, King County in Washington State, uh, where Seattle is has a 10 percent sales tax. Mm. Wow, uh, and that and that's not across the uh, that's not across the whole state. That's just in King right. County. So conversely, these other places um, have more freedom because there are less fewer taxes to pay. So if her concern is is that some states would have uh, less freedom in the area of abortion, and by the way, if you're hanging your uh, vote on one particular issue, you're really missing the picture. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, a lot of, it's, it's, it's common. I mean, there's, there's people out there, lots of men out there will vote, I vote the Second Amendment. Lots of women vote Roe v. Wade. It's you know, at some point or another, they'll come to the conclusion in their life that this isn't the this isn't the only thing to vote. But, um, 
you know, there's there's lots of places where there's more freedom as a result of uh, states' rights or, or that sort of thing. Jeremy, thanks for the call. I still don't think Mark uh, addressed your question, so I'll address it when we come back here in a moment. Uh, 855-450-FREE, at least the objection about, you know, well, what about, uh, for instance, the idea of how desegregation ostensibly happened with the, you know, the troops being called into Alabama to force desegregation on that system. Uh, that's something that a lot of people cite as a reason to have a federal government. And it sounds good on its face. It's Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends. It's an election year, and everybody wants you to vote for someone. I'm your verbal surgeon here to remind you to always vote for yourself first because you're an amazing individual of incredible talent and great skill. We need you to make this country a better place. Vote for yourself and vote for VerbalSurgery.com to help you do that, baby. Free Talk Live. You can bring us anything you want here. Toll free number 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 855 450 3733. Still to come, we've got to talk about the security situation at the Democratic National Convention where free speech advocates are pretty upset. We'll explain uh, what's going on there. And you can also get your uh, silver and gold over at silver.freetalklive.com. Great place to go to get uh, hand-picked gold and silver pieces. So, yeah, you can get gold there, too. Uh, you can go to either one, silver or gold.freetalklive.com and get U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds, and others. Uh, and sometimes the stock changes over time. I personally like the generic rounds. I really don't care whose face is on it. I just care if it's, you know, 0.999 fine. And these are, and they're very nice. And you can go to silver.freetalklive.com or call Midas Resources at 877-857-9938. That's 877-857-9938. And uh, stock up when you can. Or, or, you know, put a little bit of savings into it. I wouldn't recommend putting all your eggs in one basket. But personally, you know, I'm, I'm not an investment advisor. But I do like silver. And, you know, some people like gold, but I can't really afford it. So. Well, you know... I- there's a lot of people that will say that gold's better than silver in some ways, and silver's better than gold in some ways, but generally they tend to track together. I like a little silver, I like a little Bitcoin, and uh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Silver and gold are both real things, and they have, um, I think both of them have industrial applications. They do. Sure. That's one of them, the reasons why they're valuable. Yeah. And they're val- and gold, I know, or I have heard, is valuable specifically as a currency because it um, it's... Uh, it doesn't um, uh, degrade. It doesn't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Corrode. Gold. It. Uh, you. You dig up a treasure chest from the bottom of the ocean, and the gold is all going to be there, and it's going to be nice and shiny, and it's not going to be corroded. Yeah. Um, I don't. Does know. silver corrode? I think it doesn't oxidize or something. Silver oxidize. will get a tarnish on it. I see. But um, you know, you can use you can platinum. Platinum gets used in uh, industrial applications, and it tanked recently. So, really? oh, really? What, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it went down. Okay, uh, I don't know if they offer platinum through Midas. Do they? I have bought platinum through Midas, but I had to. Ask. It may not be on our site. So, if yeah, if you want some platinum, you can call them, uh, and then they can hook you up. Yeah, they. We have some common 
coins right at gold.freetalklive.com, but you can get other stuff by calling Midas. So uh, before we went to the break, we had a question that I felt, Mark, you kind of dodged. Maybe you didn't intend I to. I didn't feel like I did, but, uh, but you, you didn't know, like my answer. Go ahead and give yours. Your answer didn't address it at all. You addressed more the issue of uh, you know abortions and what the liberty perspective is. And I tend to agree with you that uh, liberty people disagree on that particular issue. They have different uh, viewpoints on what is appropriate as far as abortion is concerned, or even if they disagree with the practice, they still might not agree with uh, outlawing it. Uh, many liberty-minded folks, I think the general consensus is that government shouldn't uh, shouldn't fund abortions, nor should it prohibit uh, abortions, that it should be none of uh, government's uh, business either way. I think but, that abortion is immoral, but I don't think that uh, I think that they've tried prohibiting abortions through law and that has gone poorly. Um, there is a story here that I pulled up while talking to the person that there are higher abortion rates um, in countries where the procedure is illegal. Interesting yeah. How about that. And I think I think I, I'm going to speak generally here for a second about libertarians and say that most of them agree that a bunch of old men should not be making the decision about whether or not abortions should be happening and how they should be happening. Well, I, think I tend that, to agree. I, I don't think that ones. I, I think people like to say that gen, that uh, the decision as to whether or not uh, abortions should be are right or moral should only be made by people with two X chromosomes, and I disagree with that statement. Because oh, I think you can decide whether or not it's moral. I just don't think you should be able to decide to do anything to someone about it. Besides I, ostracize them. I think, I think that you the can best ostracize, thing, but don't put someone in a cage. The best thing that people that think abortions are uh, are immoral can do is make room in their home for all of the kids in the world that are you know unwanted. That's and a then good one. You can. I mean, you're you're doing something. Then offer to you know essentially save that that child. That's that's an honorable thing to do. Uh, so, but the issue that you didn't address was the issue of segregation. And this is a really good objection, I think. It's one of the best objections I've heard to the idea of getting rid of the federal government. Because I've asked before, I said, well, you know, what do you need this federal government for? It's useless. They, you know, they kill people. They're murderers. They're going around the globe bombing innocent people. And uh, they're intimidating people. And they're arresting people for having plants and other chemicals and things like that. I mean, they're terrible. What they're doing to people is horrible. But then somebody will inevitably bring up, somebody sharp will, uh, will call in and, and bring up, this issue, and that's what our last caller, Jeremy, was dealing with with uh, his his lady friend, uh, was the issue of you know well what about segregation because there's always that classic example of uh, the who was the governor of Alabama I forget the I forget the name it's all oh the shoot but it's uh, you know, not the, coming to mind I don't remember it's a either. big name anyway the uh, the governor of Alabama during segregation uh, was essentially forced by the federal government to desegregate uh, the schools. They sent in the National Guard, I believe it was, to force desegregation, to allow uh, blacks into uh, that school. In you know, There's famous photos of it. Uh, I think even there was like a scene. Wallace. Wallace. Governor Wallace. George C. Wallace, yeah. And uh, so this is you know, heralded as the reason for the federal government, because when the states screw, screw it up, the federal government can come in and they can do what's right. That's the that's the rationale. Sure, there's all kinds of examples of how the federal government destroys people's rights and, you know, is taking a dump all over the Constitution and the idea of individual freedom or anything like that or, you know, has constantly increased taxation, is murdering people around the world. You can give plenty of examples of how horrible the federal government is. But because they did one thing right, well, then they should be forgiven all of their other trespasses is the suggestion here. Yeah. And I think that 
one of the answers is to put it into perspective is to look at you know how horrible and what the terrible things are the federal government is doing and has done and will likely continue to do into the future versus the handful maybe of useful things that it has done and also ask the question would it have happened anyway without government involvement because sometimes a lot of a lot of the uh, wins that government might want to uh, aggregate to itself to claim authority for would probably have happened anyway had they not run out in front of the train and pretended like it was something that they were doing in the first place. And, well, the Jim Crow laws in the South were only uh, marginally better, the, you know, were, were only marginally worse than many of the laws that were around the country. I mean, and, and the, the practices that were implemented around the country. A lot of the reasons that people didn't, black people didn't pick up and move from Jim Crow South up to, say, Chicago was. They were going to be treated much better there as workers in Chicago than they were in Jim Crow South. Uh, So what you would probably get is competition in the arena of states if the federal government wasn't there you know, lording over everybody. There very well could be better places for black people to go, uh, have have gone, if there was true competition in the states. Um, And, you know, it wasn't this sort of homogenous thing that it was at the time. Um, yeah, I feel like when 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 I start thinking about the the federal government versus the state's government and states' rights, it's uh, sort of like what you said before. It's a question of degrees. Um, at root, I'm when I vote, I'm presuming to make decisions for other people, which I just can't do. I can't bring myself to do that and and say that it's that it's right. Let's continue the discussion here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free, and your thoughts are certainly welcome. What would you say to the person bringing up this objection about? Well, don't we need the federal government around to stop the states from doing the wrong thing? Eight five five four fifty free. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian here. Johnny Ray. And Mark. Toll-free number again, 855-450-FREE. You can join us over at freetalklive.com. A lot of features are free. We give them away. In fact, the whole site uh, we give to you, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their websites. Go to freetalklive.com, and you can grab archives going all the way back to late 2006. All of them free. Just click and download. They're yours. In fact, if you go into our SoundCloud page, which you can access on the left-hand side of the website, under Listen and Share, there's a link to our SoundCloud page there. And then you can click and download whatever you want, going all the way back to late 06. And you can use the share button, which appears on every episode there on SoundCloud, to easily share it to your Facebook page or your uh, Twitter or whatever other social networking site that you prefer. There are several options there. In fact, uh, you can download Edgington Post episodes there as well. Somebody had posted uh, recently, I think it was on the forum, asking, how do I subscribe to the podcast for the Edgington Post? 
And uh, some people are, are big fans of uh, the interview series, Mark, that you've been doing for, now for a couple of years. Uh, and it has been available in a podcast form for just the last few weeks. And you can get that over, uh, again, at freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side under Listen and Share for the Edgington Post link. And that will take you right to the, the podcast, which you can then subscribe via whatever subscribing method you prefer. Yeah, I just did an interest, uh, interesting interview with a gentleman uh, with uh, the, on the FDA from the Competitive Enterprise Institute today. So you can go over to uh, freetalklive.com. How do, you, how do you get to see the – go to the Edgington Post link that's on the left-hand side? Would that allow you to see all the interviews? Uh, that, would, that is a podcast. Okay. Uh, that so doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sorry. A podcast is a delivery method for MP3. So you wouldn't be able to see the list. You'd have to go to SoundCloud. You'd see them depending on the method that you're using to view the podcast. It it won't necessarily be pretty. Um, it's it's a podcast. So it's like a file where it tells podcast clients like iTunes and and other podcast receivers to go and get those files. Otherwise, you can just look down our SoundCloud page and see in there. And how do you, how do you get to that one? On the left hand side of the site under Listen and Share. SoundCloud. That's right. Okay. Great. BitInstant.com. It is the fastest and easiest way to get Bitcoins. There's lots of reasons to get Bitcoins. For instance, I'm uh, looking at an article here from uh, BitcoinMoney.com that says that August 2012 became the sixth month in a row that the Bitcoin to U.S. dollar exchange rate ended higher than the level it was at the mo- when the month began. Mm. So it's been quite a rally with Bitcoins. Maybe you believe they're going to continue to go up. I do. I think that these uh, this currency, this uh, new online digital peer-to-peer open source currency, is going to change the world, and it has to go up as if that's if it's going to do that. Uh, you can go to bitinstant.com and uh, get yours. I certainly have, Ian. You've uh, you've used bitinstant.com also, and I like your- it. Yeah, found your experience. Johnny Ray recently uh, put it to use as well. Yep, I still have to get my this week's share of bitcoins. I have yet to do that. That's right. You're doing a ten percent deal, right? That's right. Every week you get ten percent of your paycheck, and and you're going to do convert ten percent of your paycheck into bitcoins. Right. So this week it'll be four thousand dollars worth of bitcoins. Excellent. You are a mogul, (laughs) rocking it. And you know, I I I gotta say, the Gulfstream Five parked right outside. Sweet. Thank you. All right. So uh, 855-450-FREE. You can, of course, bring up anything you want. Do Uh, Gulfstream numbers go up to five? I have no idea. A a Gulfstream is like a camper, isn't it? It's a jet. (laughs) (laughs) It may also be a camper as well as uh, a jet. (laughs) There's a Windstream camper. It's an Airstream. God, God, both of you. (laughs) All right. So uh, we're going to continue here with your calls. Also want to know, what is your answer? You know, if presented with what I consider to be a pretty good objection about, you know, the idea of getting rid of the federal government is, well, but we needed the federal government to get rid of segregation in the South. Look at Alabama where they, you know, had to bring in troops to desegregate the the schools. This is a good objection. And uh, so my answer is that what you really want to do is look at the uh, the the question of what would happen if we just allowed people to be racist scumbags right so like that's the that's the part that's that the folks who support what the federal government did in that case just can't let go of they can't let go of the desire to control people and i mean the the desire to control the racist scumbags and they are still out there so like a lot of the controversy of the ron paul campaign came up last year when uh you know he said that he supported the idea or Rand paul i think it was but ron would as well uh but you know supported the idea of not 
forcing desegregation uh, of uh, of essentially couldn't he didn't support the um, the, 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 the nineteen sixty nine civil rights act, act. nineteen sixty one. Thank you. Yeah, and he brought up something along the lines of a business owner should be able to conduct his business kind right. of how and he wants. Should. And they should. And I want that to be the case because I want to know who the bad guys are. I don't want them to hide behind this cloak of, well, everybody's got to be, you know, behave the same way as a business owner. Yep. I'd rather the racist business owners be right out there on Front Street. Go ahead. Hang a sign up in your window so I know where not to go and eat my breakfast. Right. And why would any black person want to go to a restaurant where a bigot was being forced to? To serve them food. Right. Or want to work there or whatever. I mean, you know, for all the what the government, federal government can do, they can't stop somebody from hocking a loogie into your uh, sandwich. So, I mean, you know, you wouldn't, they they wouldn't want to do that. They would want to go where they were welcome. Certainly there was an atmosphere in the South of, uh, you you know, people disliking black people for the color of their skin. But if people actually had the freedom to have their businesses open to black people some people would be more so because i remember the uh you know the story was on uh the bus drivers the bus drivers didn't want to force black people into the back that's uh, right the, the bus it was not their choice didn't want to do that um so they were just forced to well i mean they could have disobeyed right I mean, but yeah the the laws the jim crow laws were what were were threatening the bus owners and the bus operators well, with violence did, if they didn't do what they were protected told. the bigoted bus owners that's true um and they disallowed the, the the bus owners that didn't want to do such a thing from conducting their business the way they wanted to so the the real trick with liberty is allowing and that's really what this whole conversation breaks down to is the idea of if you want to be free you have to allow others to be free, and that means allowing others to be free who might not do with their freedom what you would have them do or what you would suggest they do or what you would do with your, uh, with your own life. So I do not support racism. In fact, it's you know, something that is di- disallowed on the Free Talk Live BBS. I'm not interested in, you know, in being a vehicle. You absolutely find it abhorrent. Yeah, I'm not interested in, a, in you know, having my products be a vehicle for that. We'll let a racist call in, but that's only because we can then school them and you know, own them on the air and you know, make them look like scumbags that they are. Uh, so that's the only exception. But if you're going on our BBS, if you're going on the website and you're posting racist content, you're going to be banned. And that's part of the market's response. The market should be the what is responding to people's demands and what, what people are looking for. So if I, as a restaurateur, am in a town in which people are free to discriminate and the restaurateur down the street is discriminating against black people or Mexicans or whoever who's not white, for instance, I can make sure it's known that I accept everybody in, in my restaurant. Because I do. And not only do I do it from a moral standpoint, but also it's good business. And the market will over time. In fact, it has in many countries ended, ended segregation or ended uh, slavery without the violence of, say, the Civil War in this country. Other countries managed to end race, excuse me, end slavery without any uh, bloodshed like happened here. So it doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to be a violent means to change people's minds. It can just be doing what's most efficient and what's most effective to uh, to achieve your goals in life. And that the most efficient, effective way is to serve everybody, regardless of the color of their skin. And eventually, those other scumbag racist business owners are going to go out of business. It's hard as hell to run a business, especially a restaurant. 
most restaurants fail within the first year of their opening their doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, most the, the rest 80, of them, 80% of them fail within five years. And they're almost the rest of them fail within, yeah, within and, the five years. And those period. are the ones that open their doors to every uh, race, creed, yeah, color, exactly. and uh, religion, uh, let alone the ones that exclude others. So the difficult slavery, um, poor economic model. Absolutely. You're required to pay them something. You have to you have to feed, clothe and house them. And um, and and then you have to uh, coerce uh, effort out of them. Yep. And racism is almost as poor. Like it's the next level of, you know, just a little less uh, poor economic, but still pretty bad because you're cutting out your customer base. 855-450-FREE. Plus, it's also wrong. You can take control. Free talk live. Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his work, all his ebooks will be free to download at mwb.freetalklive.com September 5th and 6th. All five of his books, free, no strings attached. It's Matthew Wayne Bellotti, the best fantasy horror author you've never heard of. mwb.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we give to you. Once again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find out uh, how you can get a free bumper sticker as well as download web graphics, high-res graphics. Uh, We've got flyers you can print out, post up around town, local bulletin boards and such. Uh, Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Now, there's another aspect of this whole uh, allowing others to be free and what about desegregation as far as why don't we need the federal government around to uh, to help us with uh, things the state governments get wrong. I'd like to address in a moment, but let's go to Robert listening in Missouri. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Johnny, Ray, and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Robert. Uh, I love your question about the, uh, about the segregation because it sounds so much like a leading question to me because it really begs the question, why uh, was there all the segregation? And you guys touched on Jim Crow laws. Most of the segregation was forced on businesses by the state. Yes, there were businesses that loved it, but there were others that didn't. Buy, uh, and the only thing that made it possible for them to stay in business was the uh, was the uh, bad, you know, Jim Crow laws that forced them to do it. Just like slavery couldn't have been possible without the uh, Fugitive Slave Act that made it uh, so that everyone had to pay for the slave owners to you know be able to get their slaves back when they ran away mm-hmm. right and it forced states where uh where slavery was illegal to return slaves to states where slavery was uh legal Ab- absolutely uh but uh what i really called in about was um uh for quite a while you guys have been uh, coming back uh again and again to this one case of uh there were some Gentlemen in California that uh, they had had a they had had a sign up uh, over an overpass and uh, and they got arrested. Uh, eventually, like they dropped out all the charges except for they eventually said they were obstructing because they didn't show ID. 
and they end up setting up this site. I think it's uh, something like uh, like Good People Do Something or, or something like that. Yeah, that's their uh, Facebook page is called Good People, or excuse me, Good Men Do Something. Although I agree, uh, it should be people. <laughs> well, um, if you look into it, because uh, I, I left California in the late 90s, um, uh, I was unfortunate, uh, unfortunately young and dumb, and uh, and I uh, got talked into joining the Navy. Mm, yep. Uh, oh well, mistakes of the past. We'll live, live and move on. Uh, but uh, one of the things that happened right after uh, I joined the military was they passed a law there that um, the I, I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but it was that you had to show ID if you were. Uh, stopped legally if you were detained legally. Now, the Supreme Court threw that law out for being unconstitutionally vague because it, it specified that the ID had to uh, you know, appear legitimate and you know, had to have some air of authenticity, and they didn't go into any detail in the law about what that meant. So they threw it out as unconstitutionally vague. So basically what that jury did is they didn't create a new law. They uh, convicted him essentially of a law that had been thrown out, thrown out by the uh, men in dresses as unconstitutional. Well, no, I believe the charge in the case you're referring to, the Bartholomew brothers being charged up on the uh, the overpass for, for holding signs with uh, while wearing masks, it was some sort of an obstructing government uh, administration charge, wasn't it, Mark? Isn't that, uh, As I recall. Case? So they charged them with one of those uh, convenient catch-all charges, which absolutely is still on the books. And, uh, you know, despite... Uh, pointing out to the jury, despite having a very expensive lawyer, uh, despite making it clear that uh, you know the things that these cops did, the reason they stopped them in the first place was a bunch of nonsense, and that the police absolutely did not have the right to ask them for ID. The jury said in interviews afterwards, jury members said that, uh, well, yeah, it may not have been illegal for them to not show ID, but they should have done it anyway because the police asked them to. And ultimately, that's why they convicted them of a law that is on the books, which is obstructing government administration. Okay. As, as, it sounds like, uh, like, a, like, a tech, like splitting hairs to me. But oh, yeah. That's I, the legal I, system for you. That's, that's what the legal system does. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Robert. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. So the one other point I thought it was important to make about this question on desegregation, which is a really good question about, you know, well, the government, uh, federal government needed to come in and save uh, the folks in Alabama from segregation and, uh, you know, force those schools to accept uh, black students. And on the face, it seems like, yeah, you know, maybe the government made the right choice in that case. Okay, you can't really fault the federal government here. And- right. When you see those, uh, you know, bigots trying to keep kids out of schools and, uh, you know, them hosing down black people marching in the street and stuff, you know whose side you're on. It's easy. But ultimately... The problem is the government schools in the first place, isn't it? Because there was this centralized power for the the racist to take control of. And that's typical. And, you know, you talk to folks that have had these experiences, uh, the racists back then and probably still today, but they're not as open about it, would seek powers, positions of power so they could wield their uh, the power in, you know, racist uh, fashion uh, that uh, would oppress different pe- people of different colors. 
And so ultimately, the people of uh, racist mindsets got into positions of power and they, you know, they segregated the schools, they created the Jim Crow laws, they did all these things. But if you never had government schools in the first place, which is something we certainly advocate on this program, is not having the one-size-fits-all government school system, then who knows what schools would have looked like in Alabama in, in those years, in those decades. You know, if you they don't, may very well have been segregated. They may not. They, there may be a variety of uh, different options, which is usually what you get in the marketplace. You know, if you look at people selling hamburgers to you, for instance, you can go to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and get a really nice, uh, you know, piece of steak or, you know, get a really nice chicken uh, sandwich or whatever. You can get these have different things. Have you ever things. been to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? I haven't. They don't really sell chicken sandwiches there, but I did have a really great, I mean, everything they sell is just mouthwatering and, and awesome. Uh, but it's really expensive, too. Like, you can buy a really expensive hamburger. Or you can go to you know some cheap McDonald's, kind of throw a patty on a grill uh, place and, and get one from them. So there's a lot of different options. You can have it your way you know, when it comes to the world of hamburgers. But when it comes to education, it's one size fits all when it's with the government. And it shouldn't be that way. We should have options. And if people had options back then, then it wouldn't be important at all for to get uh, you know, your son or daughter into the school run by people who are racist at the point of a gun by the federal government. It wouldn't have been an issue. I think there was a sort of societal meme going on, um, you know, and I don't know how pervasive it was, but I'll bet it was darn pervasive at the time, uh, you know, from the from the times of uh, uh, antebellum slavery on up until the Jim Crow laws and that kind of thing, that blacks were lesser than whites. Absolutely, I believe that that was the case. But I think that what you had when the government got involved and tried to make things right is you had this backlash racism mm. uh, where, you know, for instance, they had the uh, the quotas. And I believe that largely those have been done away with. But, um, you know, the laws where, you know, they, they currently the, the federal government has laws where minority businesses are going to be uh, taken into account uh, more so than, uh, you know, they're more likely to get the job than a, than a uh, business owned by a white person. You mean well, federal contracts? Federal contracts, um, and you know that somehow they get more, uh, you know, they get more acclaim and that kind of thing. I have a friend, a good friend, whose wife is, uh, you know, half Asian, or actually she's Asian. It's the the couple is half Asian, <laughs> and they put her name at the top of the business. In order to be able to call it a minority-owned business, uh-huh. um, and you know they get whatever benefits there are for doing such a thing. And I mean, you know, he's as white as the day is long, and um, you know that's just one of the games that they that the people play yeah. in order to have these things happen. But you can imagine what how you how you might feel if you were going to get into a college, a la Soul Man. Um, you were going to get into college, but you're bumped out uh, because of your race or or whatever uh, the situation might be, and that's going to create a reverse bigotry. Mm. And you know, I, uh, you know, you might look at me and decide that I'm white. And that's fine, but I've never owned any slaves and I haven't, you know, subjugated any black people or bumped them out of position, you know, intentionally, you know, not given them work or anything like that. So to, you know, have anything to do against me, that's just not fair. And that's how a lot of people are going to feel. And then, you know, it's going to cause this reverse, this racism in reverse. And, and then it just, the pendulum swings back and forth. And this is what government does. It pits one group of people right. against another group of people when we should just all be treating each other 
uh, well and the amount of melanin in our skin doesn't matter. Absolutely. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control here at 855-450-FREE. So hopefully we fleshed out that question a little bit more. Uh, there are different ways things should be done and, and you have to start from the principle of the matter. I want to say some more things about I it. I know you do. Well, hang on. We'll come back to that here. Hour number three is next. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it, therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free as we launch here into the second, excuse me, third hour, third hour of the show. Uh, we're here to uh, take your calls about anything, and the number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. So we have a full hour remaining, which means plenty of time for you to get your thoughts in on whatever you would like to discuss, whether it is the Democratic National Convention, which we have not yet had a chance to talk about, or our previous conversation which, for those of you just tuning in, was about the issue of desegregation and whether or not it was necessary to have the federal government step in on that. Is this not the best argument uh, for having a federal government, that they can, they can step in when the states are messing it up, when the states are, are treading all over people's rights? The federal government, that great rights-respecting organization, can come in there and solve that problem. That's the suggestion, and I know, Johnny Ray, you had some uh, additional thoughts you wanted to share. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts, um, a lot of libertarian dogma flying around in my head. I'm going to keep it brief. And uh, go with my original thoughts, namely that um, I personally feel like state governments cause less evil because they have less resources than the federal government, but they cause plenty of evil. That's just like my opinion, man. So instead, what I do is I consider the act, my own actions and what my own actions best are, and um, I don't support state governments because Me they're either. thieves. They, they they take my money without my consent. They kill people. They kill innocent people. Fewer. The state governments kill fewer innocent people than uh, the federal government If they does. had their own militaries, you, you, who knows what they would do. Right. And the theme of this show, one of the themes of this show has been uh, degree rather than kind. Mm-hmm. So Same thing with the local governments. I, I don't consent to them either. Local, state, federal I, you know, I'm totally against any amount of coercion being used on peaceful people, and they all do it just at different levels. And at least at the local government, you know who all those folks are, 
at least in our area you do because it's a pretty small place we do this show from Keene, new hampshire and you can know you can you know personally interact with all the city councilors you can call them at their house uh, yeah uh, one of the city councilors was my landlord when i first moved here there you go and i ran into him the other day he was delighted to see me of course he's a politician and he always makes me feel like he loves me yeah. <laughs> but i believe him he's a he's, he's a, a sweet guy <laughs> i'll um, take your word for it yeah but you're right. A politician is pretty. Politicians are pretty smooth at getting you to think that they are just uh, wholesome characters, and then you usually have to dig a little deeper to find out the truth. So, does the uh, does, does the do the feds prevent the states from doing bad things? I don't think so. Not really. I think there's an emergent order. I'm not going to get into it. Um, Stealing is bad and murder is bad, and you shouldn't support it. Why don't you want to get into the emergent order? That sounds interesting. Well, all right. It's really kind of a half-baked idea, but... but We do love a half-baked idea. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, What I was thinking was that civilization advances from um, step to step through emergent order, people making individual decisions and those aggregating into a result on the world stage a natural voluntary order that is just comes out of whatever happens on npr today they were talking to one of the speakers at the i think it was the dnc uh, mm-hmm. the, the democratic national convention it might have been a wrap-up from the republican national convention though and and i think it was my point is um this guy was uh, saying that we lived in a post-racial society, and I believe that. I think that the people growing up now do not do not think about race the way that my peers did just when I was growing up, such a short time ago. I think the world's moving faster now. I think race is not an issue for people. I think that's generally true. And yes, it's the, the, yes, there are plenty of racists around um but, but when i say plenty i mean a tiny mi- minority they're loud though they're loud and noticeable and i would imagine you're right that they tend to be on the older side as well the ones that are are most uh, out there about it uh, that's not to say that the those bad ideas won't get passed down from generation to generation but they are becoming uh people are less tolerant of uh, of racism in their you know as far as their friends or family members being racist they're more likely to speak out against a racist i think today than ever in the past and uh, more likely to ostracize and and at least try to change their minds i think that our that our post racial society has come about from a lot of brave people who married the the person that they loved yeah, this despite is where, what their race was this is where it comes from is the people interacting with other people and and you know obviously building strong relationships marriage being one of them um and uh, and business know, as well yeah and businesses uh, that's absolutely doing business with people people need to you know they need to come in contact with and like the people that uh, you know that they fear and people right. do fear what's different there's no doubt about it but uh, you know this is this is what's causing it Absolutely. I think it's I think it's laughable to think that I think that government always is running out in front of the parade. Mm-hmm. I think it's laughable to think that they somehow made us with desegregation laws, made us love each other more than we <laughs> otherwise would have. 
I agree. They they may have uh, actually. Okay, so uh, the government's kind of funny. It can get some things done more quickly than the marketplace can, but it can't get them done as well. So you know what you want in the marketplace is for people to be treated fairly. Well, they're only going to be treated fairly if other people consider them to be human like themselves. So the government can can mandate that businesses not have uh, you know a, a black section, a white section, or not or serve both colors or whatever. But they can't mandate that the people at the business treat people the same. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, sort of they can say it, but it's not going to happen. So what they end up doing is, like I said before, they create this sort of backlash situation that may make the actual problem of racism go on further. Yeah. yeah. And through resentment, through, through resentment and um, especially, you know, the trying to to make up for for things that happened in the past and, and all that kind of thing. It's it's you know, it's it's a really tough situation. And, you know, slavery existed for millennia. It wasn't a black white thing. And there were, you know, the white slaves in America, black slaves in America. I mean, these things happened and, you know, it, it's, it wasn't going to be pretty. We're still coming out of that. And it's uh, slavery isn't just a, uh, a black white issue in America. It's you can still see that citizenship today is essentially just a holdover of slavery in the past. These people in government are claiming to own us. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. So do you feel like we've covered the uh, relevant aspects of this question? I'm satisfied. I'll be on again next week. (laughs) Excellent. And uh, we look forward to it. So you say. You're going to be on again for the remainder of the night, too. And your calls as well, if you make them, 855-450-3733. Charlotte, North Carolina, starting. uh, Now, this, this story came out on, I think it was Saturday. Uh, but it's relevant because the Democratic National Convention is happening now. It's going apparently through Thursday uh, this week. And the story is coming from CBSNews.com, where starting on Saturday, someone walking through Charlotte's Central Business District could run afoul of the law by carrying water bottles, hairspray, socks, or magic markers under sweeping security rules enacted ahead of the Democratic National Convention. It would take a particularly strict reading of the rules for someone to be arrested simply for possessing one of those items, but the possibility exists, which worries protesters and free speech advocates. They fear authorities could trample on people's constitutional rights in the name of protecting public safety. In fact, uh, there's another article. uh, Not like it's never been done, people. There's another uh, piece over at HoustonFreeThinkers.com where the Houston Free Thinkers were detained by police, uh, Homeland Security officers at the Republican National Convention where they were uh, just, you know, documenting various different things that were going on at the convention. And they noticed that the TSA was actually searching people who were traveling on the Greyhound bus. So they had a one of their Viper checkpoints set up. Uh, it, I forget what it was, visible intermodal protection response team or something like that we hassle bus riders uh yeah so they'll set up these random checkpoints and they'll go after folks riding on a train or uh, or a bus and so they went to videotape this and found themselves accosted by the department of homeland security threatening them for filming told them that they must show their papers or they will be detained for 72 hours they relented under that particular threat because they didn't want to be de- you know detained they believed their threats uh, so that's one of the things that happened uh, that we, you know, we've heard about at the Republican National uh, Convention. But we'll tell you more about what they're planning and doing, and what they are doing uh, to protesters. You can't even have a bottle of water. 
CBSnews.com will give us the rest here. We'll give you the details. 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control here. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have there, including the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things. The chat room is built into the same page, so that's what I mean when I say interact. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners while you watch over at Cam freetalklive.com. Of course, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. They are the sponsors of our phone lines and longtime sponsors, by the way, of this pro- uh, radio program. Probably one of the longest, if not the longest, uh, sponsor. Free State Project. Yeah, the Free State Project has been on board for a long time, too. But SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they'll purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner over at freetalklive.com. It's right at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. We've got more coming up here about the security procedures that are in place for the Democratic National Convention, which may actually make carrying a water bottle illegal. We'll explain more about that in a moment. But Chris is on the line first, listening to WVTS on the FM side in Charleston, West Virginia. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to kind of comment on the discussion you were having about the uh, the segregation and, and how further back to the slavery issue and and you had the comment on it was it it has been going on for millennia, and that is absolutely true. It didn't take effect for the masses until uh, so the government was able to delegate that it was illegal and that it was not right. So I just wanted to get maybe your thoughts on the uh, if the laissez-faire effect was to take hold on our minimum wage system. What do you think the the effects would be? Unemployment would drop significantly i i can only i say that because speaking for myself when uh, when i first moved up here to uh new hampshire i didn't have a job and mm-hmm. i would have worked just for the networking just to network with just the to people, get to know people just to, to network with the people who were in the industry that i wanted to be in i would have worked for dirt cheap gotten some money to get a little something to pay for my time um but i would have definitely worked for below minimum wage some people work for free. I mean, it's called an internship. It's what I did to get started in radio. I worked for free for nine months and finally got a you know crappy overnight shift on the the rock station down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, and uh, you know that's because I was there and I'd you know been there and I'd proven myself as a as a good worker working for nothing uh, and, for a while. Yeah, and you know what? Okay. I have to qualify that a little bit. What my my answer to my answer was that unemployment would drop. Um, not necessarily so because we have all of the – we've got so many welfare programs going now 
um, that when I was in a um, a position hiring people, I had a devil of a time getting people for the wages that we were offering. Um, we were offering Just because it was more comfortable to be on uh, on a welfare check. Exactly. Exactly so. So you're talking about in a uh, more free market world, uh, getting rid of the minimum wage would absolutely increase employment is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying that, but but I'm qualifying it by saying that um, it's not necessarily the case. So I'm saying yes, but maybe not because when I actually was trying to hire people for wages that I would have jumped at, um, people weren't biting. I got you. Go ahead, Chris. And and what do you you feel the medium income for for the – the nation would do you think that would raise or, or lower or do you, do you well, feel like that just the numbers of the unemployment dropping would be a sufficient driver to the economy to, to increase the rates it would be a tremendous change to the economy and in a bunch of different ways and you know sadly we can't guess all of the different ways that it would change because you know we we, we have not seen this world where uh you have a you have a free market but um, you know that there are studies that show that when they increase the minimum wage people get fired that's absolutely that's absolutely true um, right. you know that that much is true but in uh, you know often t- big businesses wouldn't have the advantage of using cover government collusion to uh to, to drive out small businesses so you'd likely see people working for themselves you'd see much more localized economies in in that way um, you know, in smaller economies, you'd probably have fewer sort of uh, gl- big, giant, global type businesses out there. Um, and you'd also because, I mean, you know, when you when you want to look for people who are working for less than minimum wage, start looking at the small business owner. That's the person that's working for less than minimum wage. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. the government has no, no protections for that individual because that individual is hoping to make something better for themselves in the future. And Free Talk Live was free. I mean, basically, we worked for free for years on this program mm-hmm. before we, uh, you know, actually started making our own money and had grown it enough to make to make money here. So, you know, those things are are absolutely true. There's no way to quantify what the wages would be like because you're dealing in today in 2012 dollar 2012 dollars and uh, you know those they're changing constantly the government's printing them up right yeah what if we actually had a value-backed currency for instance what would that do to the average uh, wage so we're just talking about numbers there but if you actually look at uh, the current wages and who makes minimum wage what you end up finding is that most people make more than the minimum wage uh, that uh, the, certainly the wage earner, the uh, the primary wage earner in any given household, I think it's in the like ninety seventh percentile or whatever. Yeah, most, like super super majority of them are making above minimum wage. Five, less than five percent of uh, you know when uh, people making a minimum wage are the primary earner in the household. Right. So uh, generally, what happens when the ma- when the minimum wage goes up is that business owners can only do certain things to respond to it. One, they can cut costs. They can cut costs by cutting employees, which is you know generally one of the biggest costs of running any business. Uh, so cut employees and then make it so uh, Johnny Ray has to clean twice as uh, fast uh, as before. Or you can cut costs on the product side and, you know, make if you're doing manufacturing, for instance, start making things out of uh, cheap, cheap, cheap materials and cut cut down the quality side of the product uh, that you're putting out there. So cut labor costs, cut product costs. Those are two responses uh, that are possible. Uh, let's see. What are some of the other things uh, business owners can do in let, response? Let employees go. That's why I said cut, uh, cut labor costs. Shut down. 
they could totally shut down. Yeah, if a business is completely on the edge, you know, they're barely getting the bills paid, uh, it may not some even be farm, worth continuing. Some farms in the Southwest have just picked up and moved over the border to Mexico. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, um, this is, you know, it's the minimum wage laws to some extent that have driven wage labor out of the United States. And yeah. now, as, t- as China is becoming an emergent uh, marketplace, labor, wages are going up there. I mean, you're seeing there what, what you saw in the United States between the 17, excuse me, the 1870s and the 1890s, which is that wages doubled in this country in the course of two decades. And this that's only happened in a very few places um, around the globe at very specific times. And all of them have to do with you know, people being sort of hands off um, as far as the economy goes. It happened in China, and now China's essentially pricing itself out of industries like furniture and things like that. And if you can't cut the cost of the product and you can't cut the labor costs, and you can always raise the cost of the product, which of course means that other companies from around the world will be more competitive with you uh, and it'll be more difficult for you to sell those products because you'll be raising the price. Uh, Chris, do we answer your question? Yes, that was a great discussion, guys. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you making it tonight, sir. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. It shouldn't be a crime for me or Johnny Ray or whoever to agree to work for less than what the average person is working for. Absolutely. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. We do this thing seven nights a week live. And if you miss a moment, don't worry. We've got archives that go back for years. You can go click and download as many as you want over at uh, freetalklive.com. Uh, so click and enjoy and know that it's brought to you by great sponsors, uh, which we'll tell you a little bit about uh, one of them here in a moment. Yeah, Memory Dealers. Dot com uh, over there at memorydealers.com they're very excited about the ideas of bitcoin and um the bitcoin is an online internet currency it's peer to peer open source and you can find out more by going to uh, weusecoins.org every day more and more businesses are taking bitcoins they are uh, uh, they are increasing in value uh, month after month and I think they're a very exciting thing, and as does uh, memory dealers. If you need optical transceivers for your networking equipment and you want to support Liberty at the same time, you can buy them from MemoryDealers.com. Yes, indeed. Toll-free number again, 855-450-FREE. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And Mark. Going right back to your phone calls. Uh, ladies, come first, and then if we get a chance, we'll tell you more about the ridiculous uh, security rules in place for the Democratic National Convention. First, Ingrid is on the line in Maryland. Ingrid, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, hey, everyone. Hey. Um, I'm calling about um, the Bradley Manning protest coming up this um, Thursday on the 6th. Tell me more. Um, 
um, in August, like a bunch of Marines had occupied some of the California Obama offices. So That's right. this Thursday, when President Obama was giving his nomination speech all across the USA, um, people are going to be occupying his campaign offices and then trying to get the word out for Bradley Manning. Excellent. To, um, so a nationwide campaign office so is it just for obama campaign offices or is it the democratic party because i know that around here in king new hampshire there's only like the democratic party campaign office um well we're hosting them at about like 36 cities so far it's mostly obama offices and then also a few democratic party offices gotcha. and if people go to um the Bradley manning network which is bradleymanning.org they can look online and then find their city and then hook up with people Excellent. BradleyManning.org. And you said it's this Thursday, so it's coming up in two days. That's correct. And it will be during his uh, his acceptance speech? When? Uh, what time is that? Is it going to be at nighttime? Um, his acceptance speech is um, going to be at nighttime, but some people are hosting it during the day. I know in D.C. we're going to be doing it um, at 10 a.m. on okay. the day. So it really depends on the city. So if this is being planned ahead, they're they're going to know you guys are coming. Yeah, that's true. They will. Well, we're kind of expecting that, and some of us are planning on on, on risking arrest. Epic. That, but hopefully it's planning on what? I'm sorry? Risking, risking arrest. arrest. Well, anytime you're going to do a sit-in, you're risking arrest, right? Whether whether you're planning it in advance or announcing what you're planning in advance or not, if you go into a political uh, office of some sort, some office holder, or in this case, the offices of the party or a campaign, and you decide to stay somewhere where you're not wanted, and it will be quick before they, you know, it won't be long before they tell you you're not wanted here and you need to leave. <laughs> right. And if you don't leave, it'll be a, a tra- criminal trespassing charge, and then, you know, they'll bring the police. In, the police will tell you the same thing if they don't arrest you right away, as they've done uh, to some of us up here in uh, in the Keene area when we were arrested at the jail. They did not warn us uh, prior to the arrest. So uh, anytime you're participating in a, in a sit-in, odds are good you're going to be carried out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, hopefully it won't come to that, but... Oh, it it will. If you stay, it will. If you stay in the office, it will come to some form of force uh, to get you to leave. And, of course, that's why sit-ins are powerful is because, you know, these are peaceful people that are occupying usually a public place, although there have been some private ones, but like public offices where, in in theory, people should be able to go and protest and they should be able to go and ask questions and uh, and hopefully get answers. Yeah, a campaign office seems like a private place to me. No, I wouldn't say so. Not for a public office not for a public campaign especially if it's an obama office and obama's the uh the you know the highest ranking military officer in the united states and he's declared bradley manning guilty and then bradley manning is supposed to get a jury of military officers and military enlisted men who's had their highest ranking officer already declare um the person that they're trying to find guilty or not guilty guilty like there's a real uh, you know, a real problem. Don't that. forget these campaigns get money from the federal government. They oh, get yeah. matching campaign dollars in a lot of cases, and in some cases even more than that, I think. But they get a lot of money from the taxpayers to run these campaigns. So as far as I'm concerned, every one of those campaign offices is public property. Word. Unless it's a private campaign like maybe the Gary Johnson campaign. I haven't heard that they've taken government money. That doesn't mean they would, wouldn't if it was offered to them. Some libertarian candidates support taking the government money. Some don't. So it would just depend on you know what his perspective is on that. But uh, this sounds pretty epic. Uh, Ingrid, you said there's 30-something cities. It's bradleymanning.org is the website to go and get involved? And that's correct. 
it's exciting. I look forward to hopefully hearing from uh, from you or anybody else involved in this. Will you, if you're not in a, a cage, will you call us and give us an update on Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday from now, you'll definitely call in. Appreciate it. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Anything else you wanted to share about the event? Um, no, that's and hopefully people will check it out. Yeah, good. Sounds exciting. Good luck out there. And anything that can bring more attention, thanks for the call, anything that can bring more attention to what's happening to Bradley Manning is uh, is a good thing, and, and kudos to these brave people who are willing to put their freedom on the line to to try to do that. I mean, this guy has been suffering in a in a cage for what two years now? It's going on two years. I mean, he was in far worse conditions in Quantico before he got to Leavenworth. Still yet to see a trial. Um, the Amnesty International was calling it torture and, yep. and wanted to uh, get in there and see him, and the United States wasn't going to let them in. Um, and you know, it just goes to show that. The United States loves to point figures at uh, con- countries like China and uh, Iraq and North Korea and you know all these other bad, bad places. But when it comes to these human rights organizations, they want nothing to do with letting them in on their soil. Um, you know, so the as far as I'm concerned, this uh, this Bradley Manning situation also shows just how slow the legal system is. Uh, you know, the founding fathers they had no concept that people's uh, that it would take two years, two years of whole holding somebody in jail without a trial. In this country, you're presumed to be innocent until proven guilty. Bradley Manning hasn't been proven guilty of anything, and he's been in a cage for almost two years now, and it's really ridiculous. It used to be speedy trial meant tops, tops a month. So looking forward to hearing more about exactly what happens. I remember the the last, uh, prior to this one that she was talking about where the folks went into the campaign office, was it Oakland? Where that happened? Uh, it was they, over the West Coast. It was just recently yeah. where that one happened. But there was one like a year ago or maybe slightly less where some activists went out in front of – I think it was Fort Hood. Uh, they went out yep. in, and they actually stood in the way of the military vehicles that were going off to, uh, to war in protest uh, for Bradley Manning. And that was pretty amazing. That was really awesome news because these guys are like the only – Anything that comes close to an anti-war movement in this country. They really are. They're, they're, that's all that's left is rallying around Bradley Manning. So I look forward to hearing more uh, news and hopefully good news about what happens on Thursday. Matt is on the line listening in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Um, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about the uh, minimum wage that the gentleman called about. Yes, sir. Talking about the minimum wage. Go for it. And uh, what I wanted to say was, you know, people talk about, you know, all oh, the minimum wage should be this amount or the minimum wage should be that amount. And what, what people don't talk about is the purchasing power of the dollar and how far it's fallen in the, um, uh, you know, in the past century, basically since the Federal Reserve was, uh, was made, the dollars lost like uh, 95, 98% of its value, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas before uh, before that time, the dollar pretty much maintained its value pretty evenly for like a couple hundred years. The um, and, Also, I'd like to point out that uh, the, 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 the attachments to the gold standard weren't just stripped away you know, in 1913 or 1930 or whatever. It, they were slowly stripped away, and the last attachment ended in 1970. And if you take a look, the the vast August fifteenth, nineteen seventy one. Seventy one. Thank you. Um, and in that time frame, and if you'll take a look at the depletion of the value of the dollar, it really all started in my lifetime. Uh, you know, gasoline. People that are 
10 years older than I at 41 uh, can remember gasoline being less than a quarter a gallon, and it just shot up after that. Matt, if you have more, stand by. We can bring you back here in a moment. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number tonight to get you on in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. one 855 3733 You take control. Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his work, all his ebooks will be free to download at mwb.freetalklive.com September 5th and 6th. All five of his books, free, no strings attached. It's Matthew Wayne Bellotti, the best fantasy horror author you've never heard of. mwb.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and the remaining moments are here. You can still take control, though. There's uh, still time for you. If you dial in now at 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And Mark. We'll jump right back into your phone calls here. Of course, you can bring up anything, and if we get the chance, uh, we'll tell you more about the ridiculous security measures at the Democratic National Convention. But first, Matt's still with us. We're talking about the minimum wage, and uh, Matt, you're in Illinois, so go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, um, around here, I noticed since the minimum wage has gone up, uh, fast food places and things have started to charge more. Not a surprise. um, At the same time, I'm sorry? I said that's not a surprise. You can only cut your costs so far. You can only cut down to, you know, the lowest quality ingredients, and then you can't go any lower. And I'm not saying the fast food guys have done that. If they're raising prices, it's an indicator that they they just can't cut any costs or they're not willing to. So their only other solution is to increase the the price. Right. Uh, They're they're doing it, I think, to make up for the um, amount that they're paying their their staff. But um, at the same time, uh, you know, um, uh, technology is able to to keep prices down on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that you can stretch your dollar, if you if you really, you know, if even if, whether you're making minimum wage or whether you're making a higher wage, is to find things for free. And I'm offering my five books for free tomorrow at Amazon.com. That's and true. I believe you guys will be doing commercials about that. That's right. You can go to MWB dot freetalklive.com that's uh matthew wayne bellotti and uh, go get those uh, books for free so what's the newest one what's the what's the one that you're just coming out with um i've come out with actually i've come out with the last ones i came out with were the first three that i wrote um and it's called uh it's the black blade trilogy the first one is the colors of alberia the second is uh the legacy of the tariks and the third is the power of the tech now it's cool that you have different books, but like, pick one for me and, and tell me, you know, who should read it? You know, are these all are these all horror books? I mean, are they all one genre? Are they different genres? That's a fantasy. That's a fantasy trilogy. Okay. So you know, you start with the first one and you end with the last one. It's like re- reading one long book. It's like reading the Lord of the Rings. Gotcha. So anybody that's into uh, fantasy and and these have a science fiction twist to it. I won't tell you what that twist is. Um, that sounds right up your alley, Mark. You love the, the fantasy <laughs> sci-fi stuff. I do, too. I don't have uh, one of those uh, the, the readers that make it so easy to do that, uh, the, the tablet readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, Matt, it always makes me wonder, what do you get out of the deal when you give away your books, your e-books for free, like you're doing tomorrow? It starts tomorrow, right? Yes, tomorrow. 
tomorrow and Thursday. And um, what I'm getting is I'm trying to get my name out there. I'm trying to get recognition. I'm trying to get a fan base. Uh, you, how How is anybody going to know about me if they don't hear about me? And if only one or two or three people are reading the books and they come back to me and they tell me it's great mm-hmm. and maybe I get one review or something like that, nobody else is going to know. Nobody is ever going to uh, know. And I, I don't have a publisher to, to promote me. I don't have a, a publicist. I am not a rich uh, millionaire author. So I have to get the ball rolling myself. And this is a way to get the ball rolling. I'm hoping to get uh, into the crack into the top 100 at Amazon.com. Uh, so that when people are looking up books, they see me in the top 100, and they go and and once I get up there, people will become interested and start to purchase the book. That's uh, and they can get those books for free tomorrow um, and the the day after at MWB dot freetalklive dot com. Okay, great. Hey, Matt, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. That's one eight five five four five zero. Three seven three three. So back to the story about the Democratic National Convention. According to the, I guess they have some sort of special law, some kind of sweeping security rules, according to CBSNews.com, that have been acted in uh, ahead of the Democratic National Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, they say it would take a particularly strict reading of the rules for someone to be pos- uh, arrested for simply possessing something like a water bottle hairspray, socks, or magic markers, but the possibility exists, and that really disturbs free speech advocates as well as protesters. The changes to city ordinances adopted earlier this year for extraordinary events ban a long list of actions and items that would otherwise be legal from a more than 100 square block zone in the city. You notice how it only uh, disturbs free speech advocates and protesters. It doesn't disturb the average American citizen. Because they don't know or care care anything about their constitutional rights. The area includes spots as much as a mile from the sports venues where the Democratic Party events are to be held. The new rules have already been used for events before the convention and will remain on the books after it's over. Is the TSA doing the shakedowns of the uh, DNC this year? I I know that the TSA was searching people getting off uh, Greyhound buses at the Republican National Convention, but I don't know, Mark. All one big happy incestuous family. Whether it's TSA or Department of Homeland Security, I don't think really matters. Isn't that uh, the same thing? TSA is part of the Department of Homeland Security. According to the post about the uh, RNC, it was DHS that was doing security at the RNC. Uh, But anyway, so the point being that these laws or this special law that was enacted for the purpose of this uh, convention happening, it's going to stay on the books after the convention's over. Uh, The special rules went into effect at 12.01 in the morning on Saturday, could also bar anyone other than government employees from carrying handbags and backpacks or possessing soda cans, drink coolers. Two classes of individuals. Mm Mm-hmm. Scarves, bike helmets, baby strollers, or pets not specifically permitted as service animals. A section banning, quote, a container or object of sufficient weight to be used as a projectile, unquote, could be interpreted to include almost anything from an apple to an iPhone. Those caught violating any of these prohibitions could be subject to arrest and jail. Similar prohibitions have been placed at past conventions, especially those following the 9-11 terrorist attacks, 
Outside the RNC in 2004, New York police carried out mass arrests, detaining hundreds of people for days in miserable conditions on a Hudson River pier. That was one we told you about a few weeks ago, yeah. a couple weeks ago, where, where folks were held captive in an old train station, an old train yard full of uh, oily floors from several uh, you know trains that had been Imagine stored Imagine what that would be like for you, just being held captive there. I mean, there's no, th- there were no facilities there. Nope. Rain-soaked Republican convention in Tampa earlier this week featured officials banning umbrellas, baseballs, and puppet-making materials. There, the rules went largely untested after only a fraction of the expected protesters showed up due to worries about Hurricane Isaac. Charlotte's Uptown Business District is home to the headquarters of Bank of America, as well as substantial operations for Wells Fargo. The march, uh, let's see, they had a, I guess they had a march scheduled on Sunday. I don't know how that went. It was expected to draw thousands of protesters and, uh, you know, the article goes on to uh, talk about more of the history behind these sorts of uh, bands. But Why you know, socks? Because oh, you could put something in the sock, right? You could uh, put something in it and then swing it around and, in theory, hit somebody with it? I mean, when you're starting to talk about any anything being a weapon, anything really is a weapon. Mm-hmm. It seems like just a a, um, a way to be able to pick up whoever they want to. That's exactly what this is. It's uh, you know they're not going to go after you know, the rich business executive stepping out of his Lexus on his iPhone, uh, but uh, they are going to go after the guy with you know the bandana on who is holding a water bottle. I mean they they'll be able to target you for anything they want to, and they'll be able to say, "Oh, you're violating our uh, special rules here, and uh, you're under arrest for." You know, fill in the blank, whatever they want to charge this ridiculous crime. Yeah. You get the free Bradley Manning T-shirt on, you're going to jail. Doesn't matter what you've got in your hand. Right. And what do you really do about this? I mean, people are upset. The The protesters and the uh, free speech advocates are upset. I suppose they can try to file an injunction in uh, the court system, which, of course, is run by the same people that are making these rules in the first place. So we'll see how successful a, an approach like that would be if anybody actually does file se- uh, said injunction. And certainly it's too, you know, too late now. The convention's underway, so it won't really be able to change the situation on the ground. What do you really do about this? I don't, Stop I, paying nothing. your taxes. Yeah, right. Thank you. I agree with that completely. It's really the only things you can do are the things that uh, ensure as much personal freedom as you can possibly have. But then again, doing things like stopping paying taxes could result in you being put in a cage. But ultimately, you do have to ask yourself, when will you stop going along to get along? When will you stop just complaining about the things that these people are doing? When will you stop paying for killer droids who fly through the air? Which we're also seeing approach at uh, some of these conventions. They had them flying around in Tampa, as I understand it, during the Republican National Convention. Yeah, they probably weren't armed. Um, Not yet, but that's coming. Well, you know, I mean, if if they can, if the police can get away with spying on you from the sky, why shouldn't they be able to kill? Shoot you. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, at this point, police can kill fleeing felons. Why not be able to shoot uh, lethal or non-lethal weapons from the sky uh, in order to? It's to only get people? a matter of when, not if. It's been in here with you and Johnny Ray and Mark. Unless, of course, you decide to do something about it, in which case I'd recommend you get the hell out of wherever you are, especially if it's Charlotte, North Carolina. And Johnny Ray, as someone from North Carolina, would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. And move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project so we can uh, redouble our efforts and team up to actually achieve some liberty in our lifetime. We'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com.
If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by Friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent.